baddies. So what's new? Um, what has your week been like? Oh, mine? Um, I, you know, have been doing the exact same things I was doing last week. Staying in the house no matter what. Eating snacky snacks. Um, watching Superstore. Rewatching what we do in the shadows because it's coming back very soon. And it does, it really scratches like that little witchy itch that I, I'll be totally honest, I haven't had the energy or the mental or emotional capacity to do any real kind of witchcraft lately. I have been doing readings for a few people because that is where I feel like I'm able to really do my best right now and thrive. Um, because you know, it's not me, it's the goddesses, it's the angels, and I'm just the vessel through which they communicate, but they're doing like the heavy lift lifting, you know, and it is a way for me to kind of provide a comfort to people. So I have been doing that. But yeah, what we do in the shadows, it's just such a good, funny, gothic e vampire, witch, werewolf at times show. So it's making me in a very small way still feel, still feel <laughs> so Southern. I've been in Louisiana too long. Still feel, is that better? Like I am participating in this essential part of me when I don't necessarily have the actual strength to commit or do it right now. I'm just still pretty distracted. Honestly, you know, I... I'm trying not to be, I am trying to distract myself with all of these outside things, but when it's on the news 24, I'm, I'm treating it like it's the Scottish play right now. Like I'm not going to say the words because I don't want to put any more energy or intention into it than we all collectively already have. But when it is in the news, like when it is the news cycle, it just gets into your mind and it just, you know, runs constantly. So I've been trying to distract myself the best that I can. And unfortunately you know, you all know me by now, unless it's your first episode. Hi, sorry, we're meeting under weird circumstances, but I'm glad you're here. Um, my mind works constantly anyway. And my mouth, like my mouth is a reflection of that. And that's why I speak so quickly normally, because I'm just processing constantly. And that's why I don't sleep also, but we'll get back to that. Um, it just, it embeds itself, you know? And so I've been trying to find ways to distract myself and I'm hoping I'll be able to get back to my practice soon enough. And Hopefully with today's episode, we'll find some inspiration and I'll, oh shoot, do I have the things I need? I just realized that we can't go to the witch store. Oh no. Oh no, I just realized. Because you know, usually when I'm doing this, these episodes, I'm like, oh, we need to get this, 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 and this. We need to gather these things and then we'll be able to do it, but we can't leave the house. Oh golly. Um, okay, I am going to put together a list or I'll make a master post in the Facebook group where we can all write like witchy stores that we like to buy from. I know that before I have mentioned House of Intuition in LA and I have mentioned Spellbound Sky in LA. Uh, even though I'm not based in Los Angeles anymore, those are two of my very, very favorite stores. House of Intuition has my favorite candles. They are quite pricey. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The last time I was in LA over the fall, over Samhain, uh, on Samhain, uh, that's when I went, I bought like four candles and I think it was $85. So it's, it's, it's an investment. And I know right now, like spending money is not the thing that is the thing to do. Like we're not focused on that with, you know, people losing their jobs, the economy grinding to a halt wanting to save money because we just have so much uncertainty about what's about what's going to happen. So I'm not, listen, I'm not saying run to house of intuition, buy the candle. Like, no, 
make do with what you have in your house. That's what witchcraft is. The magic comes from with us, the intentions from within us. So we can work with natural elements that we pick from our backyard, from the park next door, from what we already have. Pen and paper are always good too. You know what I mean? Gosh, I didn't even think about that. I've been so worried about like, I need water. I need snacky snacks, obviously. <laughs> you know, we need toilet paper. We need paper towels. We need milk. We need eggs. We need bread that I didn't think. I need candles. I need matches. I need parchment paper. I need a cauldron. Oh gosh. <laughs> I need more. I need crystals. I need new crystals. So yeah, let's, I will start a master post with the ones that I personally use. And, um, if you have good stores that you can throw in there, hopefully they're all still operational. I mean, with all this going on, I know things have pretty much had to shutter their physical locations, but hopefully their online stores are still going because I, I totally didn't think about that. But we may, we may all have what we need today. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, it's okay. If you can't do the stuff we're going to talk about today immediately, I think I might spread this over two episodes too, just so they're not like the longest episodes ever. Um, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. You don't have to do it immediately. It's just something if you can kind of scrounge stuff together in your house that we should be able to do. <sighs> Okay. So anyway, no pressure. Um, it's not like I am going to be, I mean, am I ever that stringent about it, but I'm definitely not during this time period going to be like, you didn't do your homework. I can't believe this. Like it is okay. So I've been wanting, I, I've been thinking that for every episode during this pandemic, uh, wow, that just, it just sounds so crazy to say out loud. I, I mean, I know that's what we're literally in and I know that it's our daily lives now, but it still doesn't feel real to me. Is anyone else experiencing that? Like I kind of, I mean, I know the rules, like I'm staying in the house. I am, you know, staying six feet, six feet away from people. Why does that sound so weird? Six feet away from people. I don't know why it sounds weird saying it. I'm washing my hands constantly. I'm not touching my face. I'm cleaning surfaces repeatedly. I have like, I'm putting wet ones out of business because I bought so many, <laughs> but to be fair, I'm not hoarding anything. I keep them on me because I travel so much. And so I, I am an old school germaphobe. I have been washing down seatbelt buckles and those trays on the plane and the screen and the everything. Like, this is not new to me. It's true to me. <laughs> but, you know, I've been doing all the things and we're all going through the motions, I know. But it does. And maybe it's because I work from home, i.e. I work from wherever I am at the time. That I'm still trying to, like, wrap my head around the fact that there is a global pandemic, that is a very scary thing happening. Um, so yeah, when I just said that word, it threw me off a little bit. But anyway, during this pandemic, which just sounds like something from a textbook you read about, but not experience, I thought we could do a card pull every episode from our goddesses and also one from our angels. I, it's kind of the best way I'm able to keep in touch with my magic right now, because you know, there's just a lot going on, but it's easy for me to just listen to them instead of me trying to do it all myself. That makes sense. Like I, it's easier for me to be a vessel than to be like driving the train right now. Do you be driving the train, conducting the train? I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway, let's see what goddess has a message for us today. Wow. That was the worst shuffle of all time. Okay. I'm going to pause. You don't have to hear me doing shuffles. And we have such a good one. Oh, so good. We have already met her before. And one of our guide to knowing your goddesses episode, but it's always good to meet her again and always good to hear a message from her. And it is butterfly maiden who I'll, um, I'll post in the group. Y'all remind me. She, it's probably my favorite. Ooh, okay. 
So, you know, I have like favorite goddesses, which I shouldn't at all, but <laughs> I have ones that I just feel like are obviously more connected to me, have always been with me or guiding me more through life. You know, we just have a kinship with each other. And I feel like I'm kind of like the daughter of those goddesses specifically, but as like an aesthetic, just a totally aesthetic value. This is my favorite card in the deck because I find her so beautiful and I find like immediate just happiness when she comes out because she does represent so much good. So let's go with the book and I will reintroduce you to Butterfly Maiden. In fact, I'll read her, um, her little intro first and then we'll talk about her card. So Butterfly Maiden, if you remember it, sing along. <laughs> Butterfly Maiden is a Hopi Native American Kachina spirit who ensures that crops yield healthy and bountiful harvest. She's a springtime goddess. I forgot about that. She is because she's all about the bounty, which means we got Astara last week and we got Butterfly Maiden this week and we have had the Vernal Equinox. I don't think it's all a quinky dink. Um, anyway, um, who helps us escape from any cocoon situations that trap that's trapping us by or impeding our growth or joy. Hmm. Like total self-quarantine isolation, perhaps. If you're feeling stuck, Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful goddess to call upon during the emerging process. She'll also guide you through life transitions and help you spread your wings. <sighs> Do y'all feel hopeful again? Like, seriously, after the reading last week, I felt... I really did feel very hopeful that Ostara came through for us and that we were about to celebrate, um, you know, that, that holiday and that festival... And then it has tapered off a little bit because it really is just hard going through all of this. But Butterfly Maiden coming out is like reigniting that same hopefulness that I felt the last episode. So I really hope she's having the same effect on you. So as always, I'm holding the card up to the computer that no one can see because you cannot see me because podcasting is not a visual medium. <laughs> but um, the meaning of her card is transformation. Of course, butterflies, they emerge, they come out of the cocoon, and they are even, I wouldn't say better than they were before because caterpillars are wonderful in their own way, but they are definitely transformed and kind of in a more magnificent and beautiful state than they were before. And uh, the meaning on her card is you are experiencing enormous change right now, which brings great blessings. I hope so. I hope that isn't just for us too, but being that she is like a Hopi Native American spirit, that it means that we're also like the earth is in a cocooning stage right now and will emerge all the better. So, you know, it's not because these aren't individual readings, of course, it's not just geared at one specific person listening, not to say that this isn't the card you've been waiting for. And when you hear it, you're like, thank you for this connection. And thank you, Butter Butterfly Mania, for answering me because this is what I have been, you know, setting my intention on. This is what I've been praying about. This is what I've been waiting to receive. These, this is the message that I asked for. So definitely, if you feel it on an individual level, this card is for you. But in a greater sense, it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's not just about the coven. It's not just about the bad witches. It's for all of us. It's for the world. And I do feel like the world has entered this like cocoon stage where it's going to emerge and go one a, a couple, a few ways, you know, and hopefully the way that the transformation is going to go is beautiful. Great blessings for all of us. And, you know, we've been seeing a little bit here and there. So, you know, transformation takes time. Maybe that's why we have to be locked down for a while, not too long. It won't be that long, but for, for a minute. Okay. So message from butterfly maiden, as you go through this period of change, it's weird. It's so weird. I feel like she's specifically talking to us though. Do you feel, you know what I mean? Like with any card, I feel like it's not a coincidence that she's here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, as you go through this period of change, it's natural for you to wonder if your future is safe. 
Wow. I'm here to assure you that you're part of nature's cycles of birth, death, and rebirth. To bring in your desired newness, you must first allow old parts of your life to fall away. Um, old practices, that's what she just said. Old practices, old habits, old... What did she say it louder? Old intentions. She's saying old practices, old habits, old intentions to me. Um, these changes are to be celebrated, not feared. Give thanks for the shedding of the old. Embrace all of the lessons it brought and then let it go. Beginning with excitement about at the newness of the gifts. The newness <laughs> sounds like a weird word. Of the gift that are now being bestowed upon you and let their magic surprise and delight you. And then the meanings of the card. Don't be concerned about the, it, wow, one more time. Don't be concerned about endings as they're bringing in the new for you. Your prayers are being answered with this change. Let go of the old. Don't worry about these changes. They're truly for the best. Whenever I get this card, um, my skin, I, I get this sensation that my skin is healing, like not in a gross, bad sunburn kind of way, but just that there is some shed that's happening. And that's the word that she always shows to me in my mind. It's like shed, shed, shed. You have to shed this off, shed this off, just like a caterpillar shedding its cocoon to reemerge, right? So it's not just that we're shedding like this physical form of ourselves. And that's why I'm feeling like my skin kind of itches and peels. I'm making it sound way worse than it actually feels. It feels nice. <laughs> I'm making it sound like I have like little like legs crawling up my skin or something. It's not like that at all. But I just, it's not just this physical shedding that I physically feel because that's what she manifests for me. But it's shedding of like everything that doesn't work for you. It's like standing in the shower after you've been at the beach all day and you feel all of these tiny grains of sand wash away, you know, and the sand is stuck in places you didn't even realize it was because you may be holding on to things you didn't even realize that you had, again, like had embedded in you at some point. So you know, no time like the present when we're all literally stuck inside to let transformation take hold of you and to actively work on your own transformation. It's okay to let things just come to you in this period, you know? Like I said, I'm not actively participating in witchcraft that much right now. Like, of course, I'm still a witch. I'm always a witch, day in and day out. But this is probably the lowest my practice has been in a while because I just don't have the focus and I just don't have the energy. And though it does bring me comfort and I have been doing readings for people, it's just, I just can't get myself there. You know, I just, it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like it feels wrong or that it feels distant. Like it does still feel very comforting to me when I get into my groove. The thing is I can't get into my groove. That's what's hard right now. Um, so yeah, you know, I am just kind of letting things come to me in this time period. Oh, Speaking of, um, remember that candle, those candles I lit back around Samhain when I got them when I was in LA. So there's, there's some things happening. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about it yet. You know me, I'm very superstitious. I'm a very superstitious witch. I like to keep things close as long as I can. Um, but if you remember the candles that I did light and you have been around since then or you've caught up to them, there are some things happening. And if you've really been around Bad Witch for a long, long time and you've heard, um, I think especially my Valentine's Day episode, the first time we talked about that kind of love magic and stuff, I said that it's a, it, my candles take about six months to work. And let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, end of March. So there's some things happening, but we're going to circle back to that. I just wanted to input that for those of you that have been around that long.
Okay, and then on to our angel card. Let's see. I may need to pause so I can shuffle again because I'm a bad shuffle. <laughs> ah! I wish you could see how bad I am at it. You know, when you try to, like, flip the two sides together, but instead of, like, interweaving with each other, they just hit ends. That's what I keep doing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's see. Ooh. Okay, so is this the card we got last week? I think it is. Okay, so the card again is no need to worry. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's the one we got last week. Last week was such a haze for me. I was like out of my mind and my body and my spirit. But I think we did get no need to worry. So if that doesn't reassure you, I don't know what will. Two weeks in a row popped out. So our angels are saying no need to worry. I mean, listen, with witchcraft, we're always having to balance it with real life, right? So of course, worry as much as is safe. And that is a normal amount for what we're going through. But don't let yourself go off the deep end with worry, especially for people like me. I know there's a ton of us out there, especially because witches, anyone that has any kind of like magical connection, you know, if you don't consider yourself a witch, but you consider yourself more of a psychic or a medium, or just a natural intuitive, and you don't actually practice witchcraft, or you just don't identify that way. We in my experience, this isn't an official scientific statement or diagnosis, but in my experience, I do find the same thing with people with more creative minds and that are more geared towards creative industry, industries, <laughs> industries. I do find that we have more of a tendency to deal with certain mental illnesses, especially depression, especially anxiety. I personally uh, deal with also obsessive compulsive disorder. I don't know if I've ever spoken about that on the podcast. I mean, for me, everything is uh, under control, so I don't, you know, necessarily feel like I need to speak about it that much. But if you do have the same diagnosis diagnoses as I do, and you want to put it in an email, and you want to put it into a message when you reach out to me, that's we could definitely talk about that. You know, I um, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Is a clinical psychiatrist what I meant to say? <laughs> Obviously, I'm none of those things. But if you want someone to just say, yeah, me too. And this is how this specific time period is treating me. I'm right there with you. Um, but anyway, people with our certain connection, people that are witches, people that are magical beings, people that are creative types, we do, I find, tend to have certain sensitivities in that way and certain illnesses that we do, mental, mental illnesses and, you know, certain mental issues that we deal with in that way. And so, that's why I'm saying, like, be worried in reason, but if you know that depression or anxiety or, you know, anything else is something that you already deal with because we're sensitive, or if you're an empath, especially, hey, a lot of us, um, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, no, I think they're saying no need to worry because we should know there's no need to worry outside of, like, the normal amount of worry that we're all kind of experiencing right now. Does that all make sense? Because when I definitely had my episode over the weekend, I think it was Saturday night, I had a, a little bit of an episode with my depression. Um, and I've been really good lately, like really good, but it gets to you. It does. It's, and it's, it's not, it's controllable to a certain extent, especially if you, uh, like not like to use, if you are using medic medicine or you're, you know, you found another outlet that helps you in some way, but I don't take medicine and I don't smoke weed. I'm not a fan of it. I don't drink anymore, really, and part of that is because of my depression. That's one of the reasons I took a step back from it, but also kind of, I know I've talked about this before, but like as my craft and my natural abilities developed, I just lost the taste and the sense 
for it. I don't know. It was just something that was like kind of taken away from me. Not to be like it was taken away from me, but it was something that just the the desire for it was just removed from me at some point along this journey. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I know that worry does exacerbate my depression. And so if we could all just try to find the best ways to cope with what we're going through and to keep that message in our head. So we already have running in our head all the time. We deserve good, right? And can I say, y'all, it's so <laughs> the sweetest. Whenever I'm on like Twitter and cause I'll kind of like talk more about my depression there. Cause it's just cause like stream of consciousness, you know, and I'll always get at least one tweet. That's like, don't worry, girl, you deserve good. And that means the world to me because even though I say it every week and I believe in it for all of you, sometimes it's really hard for me to believe in it for myself. So the things that we should be running through our heads right now are we deserve good. I deserve good. You deserve good. We deserve good. And that there's no need to worry, worry with and reason because this can't last forever. I saw someone in the Facebook group. Oh gosh, please forgive me that I'm not remembering who it was, but it was weird when this Corona, ah, I didn't mean to say it. Shoot. When this virus, when this thing was really starting to happen, um, someone posted, it was their grandmother or their grandfather. It was a grandparent for sure. And they said, you know, the world has been like coming to an end since I was a kid. I've seen it happen a bunch of times. So we'll get through this too was basically the sentiment of it. I'm definitely paraphrasing. Um, if it was you, please shout yourself out. And please like repost that in its own thread maybe because that meant a lot to me. That was really like an inspiration. This isn't the worst thing. It's a bad thing. But it's not the worst thing that will ever happen for all time. And so we can definitely get through it. So no need to worry, parentheses, more than necessary, and that we all deserve good. And so that, you know, might be that little thing you can hold on to that keeps you sane when you feel like if I have to be in this house for one more second, we're all going to get it. Like, I can't take it anymore. Just trust me. I, I've gotten up to that, like, line a few times now where I was just like, I have to get out of this house. Like, I... And I'm a, I'm a homebody. I'm a hotel body. I love sitting in the hotel in the bed and just like living my best life. But the second you you tell me my, and my stubborn, like Scorpio rising energy that I can't go out of the house. I'm like, well, I mean, what if I did go out of the house? What if I just went out a little bit? <laughs> so, you know what? We're all in this together. I know it feels isolating, but you are not alone. And I want to say, especially to like my single ladies out there, my single gentlemen, my single non-binary peeps out there. This is like especially scary in, I know it can be especially scary in a very specific way for single people when you get those like real deep feelings of loneliness and not just loneliness, but like truly like realizing that you are alone in some capacity, not let me, and I'm not trying to say that in like a bad scary way. I think being alone is awesome. Um, I kind of prefer it honestly. But when it's not just like being romantically alone, but like not being able to even see your friends that are the people that you choose to spend your life with and be around, you do that kind of loneliness and that alone feeling can really, really set in and plant a little seed and it starts to grow in some dark corners of your spirit, you know? So I want to say, especially to my single guys and gals and everyone out there, uh, you're not alone and you can, I, it, it may take me a while to get back to you. But I am always available to talk. We can always get some kind of buddy system going in the Facebook group where, you know, you can say, hey, I'm looking for someone to message. And it doesn't, you don't have to be single. Let me say that. But, you know, you could be a mom. You could have a husband, a wife, a fiance, a living, whomever. You know, you could have 10 kids. You could have one kid, whatever the situation. Grandkids, anybody. Nieces, nephews. 
um, be a mom tea, as Marlo would say on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I kind of love that mom tea. That's so cute. Um, but you know, maybe if we want to, I know there's a pen pal situation going on, but if we wanted to start some kind of like pandemic buddy system for survival where we can say, Hey, I really want someone that I can just message with and check in with. I think that would be something great to do. So my single peeps out there, my single baddies aren't feeling as alone and isolated. If that's something you may be experiencing. Cause I, when I was in London last year, I think I talked to you all about this. It hit me so hard. It, you know, it truly, truly like took me out for a full day. It was, it was pretty bad. Um, but if it's something that you do feel like you're experiencing, then, you know, put it out there and maybe we can get some kind of chain going where, hey, let, we're message buddies. We're baddie buddies. And this is what we're going to do. I have seen a big upswing in FaceTimes. I have a rule about FaceTime, which is do not FaceTime me ever. But <laughs> I think given the circumstances, I have been accepting them. And it is really nice to have like face to face connection with someone and even just beyond hearing a voice to see a face. Like I, I hope that hearing my voice is doing you some good today. And that's why I, I heard you loud and clear and I wanted to keep this going, but, um, it, it even makes it better when you can look at someone and see their smile, you know, was that really cheesy? Sorry, but it's true. It's really nice to see someone's like kind eyes and their smile and hear the warmth in their voice when they're making a connection with you. And this really could be a chance, you know, aside of us working and receiving our own transformation, like Butterfly Maiden is telling us, this really could be a chance for all of us to connect on an even deeper level as baddies. And it's just going to make our coven even stronger. So if y'all are interested in that, you know, I will throw a thread up or you all can throw a thread up. You know, I do not mind if you take the the lead on that since I sleep late anyway. <laughs> so whatever you guys want to do, whatever you baddies want to do. All right. So let's uh, do our Patreon shout outs because we are very tardy on doing that considering the world exploded since the last time I did it. <laughs> and then we will uh, talk about our uh, little witchcraft for the week. As always, from the very, very, very bottom of my heart, a very special thank you to Brittany, Maria, John, Crystal, Maya, Yana, Jamie, Kala, Lauren, Aurora, Cassandra, Adam, Bren, Kara, Kara, yes, Kelly, Emily, <laughs> making sure I wasn't saying it, Kara. I think I always like make a new way of saying it every time. Uh, Kelly, Emily, Nalling, Melissa, Heidi, Brittany, Lena, Ashley, S, Jennifer, Ashley P, Ashley H, Fiona, Brandy, Melissa, Tabby, love your name. I tell you that every time, but I do. Um, Kim, Allison, uh, Gianna, or Gina, let me know. Teresa, Sarah, Sam, Teresa, oh, sure, I said both. Teresa M, Teresa S, Vanessa, Sasha, Celine, Brett, Amber, Megan, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Shannon, Amanda, Bree, and Adrian. Thank you so much, especially during this time. Um, I know a few people have had to like drop their patronets and I totally understand because money is tight out here in these streets. So, uh, I really, really appreciate it now more than ever that some of you are, you know, just giving a little bit more because it helps me do this podcast. Like I've told you a thousand times. And also like a lot of us are losing work. I have lost all of mine. So it is even more appreciated now than it has ever been before. And I, I was already like majorly appreciating it. So I just thank you so, so, so much for caring about the podcast in this way and for supporting it in this way. And I'm just so thankful for all of you and for all of the like reviews and word of mouth and support and love and just everything. Y'all are the best ever. Please do not ever change. And we're going to get through this. And then we're going to have some kind of in-party coven, in-party, in-person coven party. <laughs> so we can all like high five and hug and kiss in person and, and just celebrate that we have each other and that we made it through this craziness.
Okay, so I put an AMA thread up in the Facebook group and um, someone, I think it was like the very first, very first, <laughs> very first comment, someone asked about witch jars, like witch spell jars, witch jar spells, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> and it's something that I've been wanting to do an episode on anyway, so I thought we would just focus on, on that because it'll give y'all more time to like drop more questions down in the thread so we can make a full episode or two. And also, it's some, like I said, it's something that's good because you may have all of the ingredients in your house already, and it is kind of this fun way to create magic at home. And it's, it's something that's very tasky, right? Like you have to get the jar, you have to put the things in the jar, you have to set your table, blah, 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 and so let's get in it. So it's something that will definitely focus your mind. And not only are you focusing and like being distracted by doing it in the time that you're putting the work and the spell, the spell work into doing it. But also it's like, then you get to see it come to fruition at the end. So it's something that I think carries a lot of like feelings of hope and positivity, especially depending on what you set your intention on. And it's kind of like our, um, our, our manifestation box, which I almost was like, should I just do another episode kind of refreshing that, you know, since a lot of us did it in October and it went really well for our Samhain challenge. But I want you to obviously have more, like more parts of your practice and more principles of witchcraft that you're learning. So spell jars are kind of a variation on our manifestation box. So we're familiar with that. So it's going to make our spell jar, you know, less of a foreign concept. If you go back to, I think the It's Ritual Babe episode, I talk about honey jars briefly. I think I did. Um, it's not, you're never hundred percent sure. Cause I can't ever remember what I talk about once I'm done recording, but I think I did talk about doing a honey jar spell. Um, and it may have come up in other episodes, maybe some of the, like the love episodes, maybe around Valentine's day or, um, oh, I was about to say I called the episode what's love got to do with it. <laughs> Is that a better name than, oh gosh, what did I call it? A crazy little thing called love. Maybe I should have taken what's love got to do with it. That'll be my third love series installment. But anyway, um, so I talked about honey jars, and that was my first introduction to jar spells, witch jar magic. There's also something called a witch's bottle, which is in some cases they can be used similarly, and in some cases they were used to like ward off witches and to keep them away and like protect the home from witch spirit. So I'll talk about that a little bit more next week if you're curious about it, but we're going to be focusing on jar spells. So for me, it was the honey jar spell and the way I was taught to do it. So, you know, in witchcraft and in spells, a lot of it is reading books and sitting down and, you know, picking up knowledge from really study. But a lot of it too is word of mouth that you get from other witches or like the way you've been taught from a mentor. So I was taught to do it in a way that may not be the same way you were taught to do it or the way you've seen people talk about it online or on YouTube or in other podcasts. But for me, it was to get a jar of honey, like you, <laughs> the way I said that, of honey, to get a jar of honey rather than to have a jar that you add honey to. And then you have to have some of the person's hair. And then this spell is specifically meant for like a romantic, making someone sweet on you. It's that sweet element. Some people use like a syrup. Some people use sugar. Some people use like um, uh, like a sugar cane root in there. And some people are like adding it all in. Honey is just a really common usage that you might just be familiar with through pop culture. And then the person's hair was the way I was taught to do it. Now, is it easy to get someone's hair? No. <laughs> Have I ever successfully done this one? No, because I've never had someone's hair. So I've never specifically done that version, but I have kind of made up my own to make someone sweet on me and like in a love spell kind of way. 
Again, let's talk about the ethics of love spell. You shouldn't really be making someone fall in love with you, right? Or trying to, you're not wanting to disrupt destiny or anything like that. But if you have been in a relationship for a while, or if you're interested in someone, um, it's just to kind of sweeten up the situation and to make the best of it. So you can kind of suss out how it's going to work out. So it's not like this person will fall in love with me. We will be married. You will father my children. It's just like, let's add a little sweetness and see how it goes. Um, so yeah, that was my first intro to any kind of jar spells. And I really am kind of obsessed with them. I don't do them that much, but just with the same with the manifestation box, I like this idea of like using all of your intent and drawing it into this one space and creating something really tangible with it and something that you can hold in your hands and something that you can press against your skin. Don't put the jar on your tongue. It's too big. You will choke. <laughs> Don't do that. But I also love that you can, like with all spell work, you can within reason make it individualized to yourself. So I love that I can put in different um, herbs. I can put in different oils. I can put in different crystals. I can put in different powders and, and liquids and lotions and motions and all of those things. And it is something that becomes really individualized to me. It's a, it's a magic that I feel like has more of a free range to it where you can kind of feel it out and make it very much your own. Also, I just aesthetically like the look of things in jars. Hello, I am a basic Pinterest person. I love a mason jar. Just let me have that. <laughs> That's all I'm holding on to at this point. And I love like the aromatics of it. And when you put it all together and it smells so good and you see this like tangible representation of your magic. Same thing, the reason I love candles because you watch them dim and dim and dim and melt and melt and melt. And then at the end, you're like, <sighs> spell complete. I mean, maybe not always the spell is complete, but it makes it gives you the sense that the spell is complete. So now I'm going to, Cut over to the side a little bit and give you a little bit of witchery because as I was sitting here and I was thinking about the honey jar in particular and how that was something that was introduced to me, I was like, is a honey jar considered a part of voodoo or is it considered a part of hoodoo or is it considered like a different kind of witchcraft or like a different kind of religious, something like that, right? So then I, I looked it up and it said that the association is hoodoo. So then I was like, do I even know what hoodoo is exactly? <laughs> and this is all part of the Marie Laveau episode that is like my white whale at this point that when we get there, I will be so happy that we can finally do it full force. And thankfully, I'm starting to like come back around again, just mentally and spiritually be able to do it. But um, I wanted to tell y'all about voodoo, Haitian voodoo versus Louisiana voodoo versus hoodoo which are all separate things, even though they're all kind of a thing. It's a very, it's a very like triple goddess situation, like made in mother crone individuals, but also the same, sorta. Voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, Voodon, hoodoo, all share a lot of similarities, but there are, this is like the main difference as I have come to understand it. So voodoo, as I've talked about other uh, episodes, oh, and also let me say, I'm obviously not trying to teach you all there is to know about voodoo and hoodoo in the next five minutes. <laughs> I could do entire series on voodoo and hoodoo. This is just so you know the difference because I didn't know the difference. In Louisiana, we use them, as far as I've heard them, pretty interchangeably, which will make sense as I'm telling you about them. So voodoo is a religion. Bam. Done. A lot of people are like, they have this very negative and ignorant idea of voodoo, especially because it is something that is practiced by people of color, primar primarily black people. It has legacies in 
like the slave trade and from coming from like origins in Africa. And so people just, you know, have like these racist assumptions that they make that it's something bad or dark or negative or evil. Just like everything in life, you can harness religion in good and bad ways. You can harness magic in good and bad ways. You can harness witchcraft in good and bad ways. We could say, you know, I okay, I'm not going to say anything bad about Christianity. I believe in God. Y'all know that. I was raised Catholic, all that good stuff. Louisiana Catholic girl. But I can also look at uh, Christianity and say, well, X, Y, Z ways, it was, it has been used to justify horrible means. And it has been practiced by some people to justify like just atrocities. So for me, I like to look at it as number one, let's erase like any kind of racist or prejudice or just any kind of stereotypes that we're associating with voodoo. But also it really can be about the practitioner and not the religion. I think religion overall can be a really beautiful concept, but it comes down to the practitioner and what they're doing with it. Um, there's actually a question in the Facebook group that was kind of about this. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that and suss it out, but I do want to say that religion is one thing. The practitioners of that religion are another thing. And all pe all human beings, you know, whether we want to say it even about ourselves or not, are capable of doing that. We just are. Things are spinning out of control right now because there's a lot of people focused on themselves and being selfish, which to me is like in turn a bad action as opposed to the greater good for all of us, which we could talk about at end, but we endlessly, but we will not right now. So voodoo is religion. Louisiana voodoo is so kind of two different things. It is its own kind of practice of voodoo that was, um, that was, I don't want to say created here, but it's. It was influenced by a lot of different things that were happening in Louisiana at the time. And so it is kind of its own thing uh, and not so, not as much just strict religion with like this particular God and this uh, particular rituals and this particular prayer and all this stuff. It definitely has influences from like European beliefs and from like Catholicism and Christianity to some extent. And so that's like Louisiana voodoo. But then also there is voodoo that came to Louisiana because after the Haitian revolt, which we're going to talk about with Marie Laveau again, um, a lot of Haitians came and settled in Louisiana. So it's like influenced from that too. So it kind of grew from that, but it is kind of its own thing. Is any of this making sense? <laughs> Should I go take a nap and like have a snacky snack and come back and try again? <laughs> and then we have hoodoo which is not a religion. So voodoo, religion, hoodoo, not a religion. This is more of a folk magic. This is something that I, I kind of think of it as root magic. Uh, if when I use that term, I don't know if you know exactly what I mean, but I think of it as like something being rooted in a lot of things and also something being very much rooted in the earth and something that's kind of like a natural folk magic that there are like individual practitioners of, but it doesn't, it doesn't form itself it's more like loosey-goosey because it's not a religion, but loosey-goosey in a good way because it's like a pastiche. Is that the right word? I always love using that word, but I'm not sure if I ever use it right. I just think it's very fancy, but <laughs> it's like, it's like a smorgasbord. It picks up from, you know, West African traditions. It picks up a little bit from Roman Catholicism. A lot of hoodoo practitioners also practice or haven't been influenced by Roman Catholicism. Um, you know, European folklore again, and we'll see this all throughout Europe, especially when we're talking about all the witch trials and everything, how there is a lot of folk magic being practiced. The concept of the witch's bottle to either either as a tool for witches, but also to keep witches away is a folkloric belief. So that's, you know, it all ties together. And then hoodoo you will see primarily practice or having origins in 
this concentration of like the southern southeastern United States, particularly as I read it in the Carolinas. And I did see something about like the Gullah Islands, as in Gullah Gullah Island the best children's TV show ever. So I'm going to actually do some more research on that and give you some more about it. And if you actually, someone posted in Bad Witch at some point in the last year, also Bad Witch, um, I started the group a year ago today, Tuesday that I'm recording. So amazing. Anyway, someone posted about the Carolinas and about hoodooism. I'm almost certain. So I'm, I'm going to try to search in the group and find that article again, but about like the Gullah people and just their culture and they're so amazing it's so interesting but yeah so voodoo religion hoodoo uh amalgamation of cultural folkloric beliefs and magic that's available to you and a little bit of voodooism and a little bit of witchcraft and like it's all different names of the same thing but like this very cool cultural magical tradition and in fact, when I was kind of thinking about it, I know we've been talking about Skeleton Key. Please still watch it. We're, we're going to get there. Um, I I know I said in when I was talking about it originally, like, oh, it shows like Louisiana voodoo and stuff. But I, I feel like it's a little hoodoo-ish once I, I established what hoodoo is. Because did I say this before? I'm talking so much. Well, it's a podcast. It's okay. But <laughs> I'm getting like hype again. You know, when I get hype, I like can't always keep track of everything. Um, I don't know if I said this yet, but in Louisiana, we would use it kind of interchangeably. And I remember like, especially my grandma and her generation. So 90 year olds, 100 year olds, you know, not, not mostly not with us anymore. They would say voodoo and hoodoo a lot together. So I, as I got older, I had an understanding that voodoo is a religion and it's like Haiti. It is a Haitian religion. It is there now that, it, you know, it has its like origins as well in, um, like African beliefs and traditions and they're like pantheon of gods. But we would use it back and forth. Like my grandma would say something like, oh, you know, that's a hoodoo. And that's also how we say things in Louisiana. We don't, the emphasis is so weird. Like my mom doesn't say that I'm going to the ATM. She says I'm going to the ATM. Like we always put weird emphasis on everything. So my grandma would say like, oh, he's a hoodoo or he's doing hoodoo or they're doing the voodoo. So it's just, different. So you have to understand for me when I was doing the Marie Laveau episode and doing all the notes, when I got down to voodoo versus Louisiana voodoo versus hoodoo, I was like, I have to lay down. I'm so stressed. Especially because I thought I knew the differences. So like I was saying, as I got older, I came to understand voodoo as a religion. And what I have grown up around and what I think because, you know, I, I talked about, too, like, oh, I considered myself to be more aligned with voodoo because of my culture and because I'm a Creole person from South Louisiana, from these, like, French reasons of South Louisiana, where we would still speak French had assimilation not taken place. Um, I always aligned myself with voodoo over... <laughs> sounds so Creole. Over, <laughs> over witchcraft until I, I, you know, stopped being ignorant about it and realized that this is a particular religion I do not belong to. So what I would say at this point is Louisiana voodoo definitely influences me. And I think it's like a part of my blood, but hoodoo might be more of where, what my practice is. We all got that. Okay, good. So all that to say, that was my first idea. It was honestly one of my first ideas of magic too, because I learned that when I was pretty young. So like this honey jar, this hoodoo, 
that's that's where I learned about it. So next week for sure we're gonna do a hoodoo. Um, uh, I, was gonna, I guess spell. I was gonna say recipe because I'm thinking honey. <laughs> a lot of times you do include like food and herbs and all those things. So I don't know if recipe is the wrong word. So I'll definitely do a honey for sure. It won't be the hair one. I will put together one that doesn't require removal of anyone's body parts at all. <laughs> I don't know if hair is considered a body part. No hair, no fingernails, nothing like that. So today we're gonna talk about just how to go through this. Spell. I keep wanting to say jar spell process, but to me it sounds wrong. So then I go to correct myself and say spell jar process, even though they both make sense. I don't know. Sorry, I keep catching myself on that. So just stick with me. Um, we're going to go through like the how-to of everything we're going to do. And then next week we'll start putting it into practice. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, actually, I just picked up my phone because all my notes. And um, I was going to read you this full article. That's the difference between hoodoo and voodoo. And I don't know if you want to hear that right now. Maybe I'll see it later. <laughs> it was just really interesting because it talks about like this particular, like the particular god of voodoo and like the origins of, anyway, I'll save it. We'll, we'll come back to it from Marie Laveau. I'm going to bookmark it now. Okay. Back to our jar spells. So I know a lot of witches that do jar spells and jar magic, they always say, set the intention first. I like to pick my container first because it's the same thing with the candles. It's the same thing with the crystals. It's the same thing with the decks of cards. I want that jar to speak to me and I want to feel like the natural vibrations that it's giving off. So I don't do, you know, and most, mostly in spell work, you're really supposed to like set the intention early on or as the first step. But to me, my materials are so important and I so consider them an extension of myself. I feel like they kind of intrinsically know what we're doing already and that they will call to me if they're the right one for what's on my mind. So I like to pick my jar first. Um, you can use anything. You can use a mason jar. You can use a jam jar. You can rinse out an old pickle jar and clean it real good with soap and water. You can use baby jars, uh, baby food, not baby jars, <laughs> baby food jars, not a jar the size of a baby. You will have too much spell if you use that. But baby food jars are amazing. And I really love them because they don't take up all of this space. And I kind of, this is just a me, my brain, how my brain works. But I think of baby food jars for like baby spells and like little things that little charms and spells that you want to enact in your life. And then I'll think of like a big mason jar as something big and bold that I'm working on. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just how my mind works. So I like the tiny ones because they're nice. To, like if you're working a couple of things at once or you, you're setting like variations of a different spell and different with different intentions, it's nice to like line them up on your altar and they don't take up a huge amount of space, you know, or to like, you know, just hide it around your room somewhere. I have it close to your bed because it's something that can also be a little bit of your own witch's secret. Like people come in and they may be like, oh, I have jars like that just laying around my house too. But you're like, well, he, 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 I'm actually working the spell right now. <laughs> so yeah, any kind of jar, just of course you want to make sure it is clean out. And when we talk about clean as witches, we're not just talking about soap and water and bleach and Clorox and Ajax. I don't know. Uh, Clorox, I already said Clorox. Also, side note about this 
time, uh, please be very careful and make sure you're not mixing like ammonia and bleach and stuff like that because you can make some very, very, very toxic chemicals or things that just are very caustic for your lungs. And if anything, we need our lungs and our respiratory system to be tip-top shape right now. So, of course, actually tangibly clean it, but then we want to clean it. So if we're just bringing it home from the witch store, if we got it from the craft store, if we got it from our, my, our grandma's house, my grandma always just has empty jam jars because she used to make preserves, so she's just like flush with she has so many. Also, because like my whole family is witches, but they don't admit it. But like, whatever. That's a conversation for another episode. Um, make sure that you're cleaning it. So smoke it out, you know, uh, uh, use whatever bundle you're currently burning to clean it out. Use an incense to clean it. You uh, can actually anoint it yourself with any oil that you have. Place your hands over it and bless it with your own energy and ask, you know, like, whatever guiding spirit that you work with, if you work with that kind of energy to come through and bless it for you, get your selenite out and cleans that baby up, dip it down in salt water and clean it. Any way that we're not just removing tangible particles, but also we're removing <laughs> particles. What am I? I'm so into science. Um, but we're also removing energy, right? We always want a clean, fresh blank slate to which of which to put our intention on. So one, get your jar, select your jar. One, according to me, if you want to get your intention going first, that is totally cool. It's okay if you swap these steps up until a certain point. So one, get your jar. You can even, hmm, I just realized everything I named was like a glass jar. It doesn't, I mean, technically you could put it in like a tin, like an old tea tin. Um, it, it's just important that it has a lid and that you can clean it in it. So yeah, it does, you know how, I mean, cause you know what I'm saying? We're all stuck in the house. So if you don't have it, I don't want you to be like, well, maybe where am I, where am I going to get a glass jar? Like I, <laughs> I have nothing to worry about. I know. So then that is when I will set my intention. So just as when I'm like placing my hands around it, I'm cleaning it out or cleansing it out rather. And even in the cleaning process, you can start to do it then as well. Like these two steps can really merge together a bit. But, you know, I'm going to place my hands on it again, and I'm just going to, to the, like, the the vessel itself, I'm going to put my intention into it. Talking about intentions, again, make sure you want to be very specific. You want to make sure that it does no harm to others. You want to make sure that it is, like, your truest desire and not necessarily just what you think it should be or what it should sound like. This is a good time to do some free writing and just kind of close your eyes and let whatever comes to your mind come, and it will a lot of the time create the right words for you. If your conscious mind is lacking them, <clears throat> some voice, don't do it. Sometimes your unconscious mind will come through and carry it for you. So that's when I like to set my, sit down with it, place my hands on it, rub my hands together, generate some energy and set my intention and set my intention, not just in my mind and in my heart, but literally set my intention upon this vessel. And I also like to write it. So I will write it. And as I'm filling it, I will have the jar sat on top of that piece of paper, but then I will be adding the paper in some cases inside the jar as well. That's up to you. So step one, get your jar clean, cleanse. Step two, set your intention, not just for yourself, but also for this jar that's going to be carrying your magic for a while. Okay. Then you choose your contents. So whatever the spell is going to be geared towards, which we'll come up with some next week, or we'll go over some next week. That is what you're going to it up with you know it reminds me of those like the whole time I've been talking about this I've been getting that visual from those tasty like BuzzFeed videos where they make they're like oh salad in a jar or like homemade salad dressings <laughs> they have a 
a layer of salt, a layer of poppy seeds, a layer of cayenne pepper, a layer of vinegar. You know, <laughs> that's how I'm looking at it. But you know, that's kind of how it is. You can layer it in, in this really beautiful specific layer. You can just do a pinch of this, a pinch of that, a dash of this, a dash of that. But you know, it's like we want everything to correspond. So if you're doing a money jar, then I'm going to put my basil in there. I'm going to put my pine in there. If you're doing a loved one, I'm going to put rose petals in there. I'm going to put my rose quartz in there, you know? So you just, you know how magic works at this point, unless you're, unless you're, this is your first episode. Hi, I'm going to walk you through it a little bit more, but you know what corresponds with what, you know what you like to work with and you know what like triggers your magic in a specific way. There's some things that are duds for me and for a lot of witches and there's some things that are more potent for me and a lot of witches are like that as well. So that is when you get it in there and you put all of the things that you want to fill up your jar with. You can also decorate your jar just like we did for our manifestation boxes and you wanted to make it something really personalized and special to you. You can absolutely do that. You can put dollar signs on it if it's for prosperity. Um, you can just sign it. You know, our signatures are very, very powerful. You can write a little, um, a little intention or a spell or incantation on the outside. You can put a sigil on it for sure. So don't feel like, oh, this jar has to be this pristine glass vest. No, make it yours because it's your spell. And the more time you're touching it and focusing on it and just creating this energy between the two of you, the more potent that it's going to be. So fill it up on the inside, decorate it on the outside, how you see fit. And then after that, you are going to seal your jar. Just like with the manifestation box, I will seal mine with candle wax. Or you can also place a candle on top to burn. Again, you want to keep in mind like color correspondences and what works for you. But if you can seal it with candle wax, I would try to do it. I mean, you could also seal it with, you know, a non-necessarily mad necessarily magical means. Because again, it's like you doing it in the practice of it is ritualizing it and it's making it magic and it's your magic that's binding it and bounding it. Even if it's not like dripping red candle wax that you stamp your sigil into. You know? So don't get too stressed about that. Just make sure you're closing it tight and you're sealing it in some way. Because you have to think, you don't want anything... You don't want anything getting out because your intention has to like sit and marinate. I'm using so many food terms. Sorry. But also you have to think that you don't want anything getting into it, especially like in a honey jar. Hello. That is like ants and mosquitoes. I don't know. Mosquitoes like honey are just blood and just being life ruiners. But ants and all little gnats and little buggies will literally at night be like working as a team to spin the lid open and get in there and like have honey time. <laughs> so sealing it is important. And it's not just, again, a physical act of sealing, but it is sealing your intent. So make sure that you take that step in whichever way that you can. And then everybody's favorite part, we're going to meditate with our jar. <laughs> I know, I know you're like every episode, you're like, oh my gosh, when is Mickey going to get to the part where we get to meditate? Don't worry we're here. So every day, just like with that manifestation box, you are going to find some time. And I'm going to say find some time lightly because we're all at home right now where you are sitting with that box. You are reinforcing your intention. You are rethinking your intention. Maybe you're sitting down next to it and rewriting your intention in like a, a, a rhythmic pattern. You're placing your hands on it and you are meditating and you're thinking and you're hearing and you're receiving and you're speaking to the universe. You are asking to be strengthened in this and you're asking for a, like a outcome or a resolution that you would put all this intention into. So yes, 
I am happy to tell you, just like with your manifestation box, you get to meditate every single day. And then finally, you are going to complete your spell. So I, because, okay, so, you know, I mentioned earlier that like, I tend to see certain spells of mine work in a six month period. So I do like to sometimes put time duration on a spell to give it time to flourish and to give myself time to like put all the energy into it that I see fit where I feel like, okay, I've done enough. Let me like, let this magic blossom and bloom now. But, you know, sometimes you set something and the next day it happens. So for some of us, we can, we'll finish it out. Like some of us will have a longer duration dealing with a certain jar spell than others. And it depends on what the jar spell is aimed towards. If it's towards protection, it might go one way. If it's love, it's one way. If prosperity, it's one way. It's health, it's one way. You know, so I, I'm not going to say, oh, you have to do it for 30 days. With the manifestation box, I, because we were asking for something big, you know, or we were supposed to. I gave it that 30, 31 days so we could just put as much juice as possible. But for this, you might choose to do something that's not a massive task. You don't have to. That's the thing about jar spells. They are fun and little and they can be like kind of tiny little spells throughout your week, you know, and throughout your month and not this huge thing you're trying to do. But they can't also can be pretty big. Don't get me wrong. And so I would say, you know, meditate with it and work with it until you see fit, until you feel like there's a ping, something has changed. There's a turnaround, you you get assigned something. And at that point, there is a few options. And also, so you can finish the spell literally like you take it apart, you uh, get rid of the elements and the ingredients in a natural way. I don't have a problem with reusing jars because we have to go through that process of like setting the intention, cleansing and cleaning anyway. So... I think you can reuse it. Like, just right now I'm thinking, I reuse my cards all the time. I don't go buy a new deck of cards every time I have to do something. I reuse my cauldron. I reuse, like, this brass bowl that I have. I reuse a pestle and mortar. So, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say you have to just, like, toss the whole thing. But because we're using natural elements, you know, a lot of the times I say, let's return it to the earth if we can. Let's return it to water if it's safe for the water and the animals that live there. Um, so for some jar spells, they're going to be like a long time going, especially like protection spells. So you will bury those. You will keep them intact and bury them if able. And if it's not a, a material that is bad for the environment. But when you are, you've meditated and you're ready to finish this out and complete the spell, you can dispose of it naturally, like I said. Um, I mean, you could flush it depending on what it is. Because I know like with the egg ritual, you can flush uh, I would be careful with that just because, I don't know, there's something good and therapeutic and like flushing away certain things depending on what the spell is. But also sometimes I think you're like flushing down all the work you did too. So it, it really is. It depends on what your preference is. But yeah, return it to the earth or you can let it remain. You can let it sit on your altar and let it, especially if it's dealing with something that is a long-term situation, you can let it work and work and work. And even when you feel like that particular jar has done its work, you can still, still let it be intact. If it, it's, it's like, cause I'm trying to compare it to candles. I'm like, you know, one candle per go. Well, not, not always necessarily. Cause you can light a candle multiple times if you so choose, but I don't know. It's just like a good, it's a good, again, visual sense of like magic that you have produced. So sometimes I do like to keep them intact, even if I'm not necessarily totally concentrating on that anymore. And also depending on what is in it as well, it can sort of be used as an offering 
Um, if you work with a deity and you would like to make an offering jar, you can definitely do that too. So yeah, you can bury it. We'll talk more about that next week. You can dismantle it. You can leave it sealed and leave it on your altar forever. You can take it apart and flush it. You can, you know, return it to water. There's a lot of different variables. And that will be up to you. That will be your determination. Like, okay, I did my jar. I feel like we're all good. My magic came through, like it pulled through. My spell worked and I'm ready to move on to something else. So, you know, up to you. But yeah, we'll talk more about like the different, you can also hide them. You can also mask them. <laughs> like there's a lot of things you can do with them. So when we're talking about like more specific one next week, we'll like go down to like different categories and I'll have, I'll try to have like specific ones or at least ideas of how you can build your own specific ones. We'll talk about that a little deeper. Um, but yeah, that is at an hour. We made it. I was so scared this episode was going to be like 30 minutes long <laughs> and I didn't want to do just 30 minutes. So that is everything. That is a little bit of your witchery. And so you're not totally missing out on Marie right now. We got a little bit of our voodoo versus hoodoo versus Louisiana voodoo, voodoo history in there, witchery in there. And that is going to be our steps to start doing our jar spells for next week. So if you can get your jar, if you can get any kind of vessel that you can close, I, I keep saying vessel as if like, I'm, I'm in the Odyssey, like, <laughs> which it quite literally is a vessel, but I don't know. Every time I say it, I feel like I should pull out like a lute and start singing some epic ode to like to Odysseus or something. Anyway, don't mind me. I'm clearly stir crazy, but yeah, so you have your steps together, uh, you know, in, in the next week, I would just try to start gathering any materials you may be thinking about. You know, we all have herbs in the kitchen. Hopefully a lot of you green witches are going to have herbs out in the garden. A lot of you hearth and kitchen witches are going to have herbs in the home already. And we know we got to eat. So we always got to have salt around or something. So yeah, if you want to just start over the next week, setting that intention and picking the jar and just narrowing down what you want to focus on. Then when I do, when we come back in the next episode and I say, okay, protection, sex, <laughs> protection section. I did not mean to do that. This is for you. You'd be like, cool. I already got everything. Let's do this. <laughs> so that is our episode for this week. Um, oh, so for our crystal of the week, I really need suggestions. I would love if you would DM me on Facebook because it's quicker for me to go through that than these like, um, cause the emails I get are like pretty long usually and they're pretty personal. So I have to like really sit there and, you know, read through cause I don't want to just be like, yay. Thanks. Glad you like the show. I, like I want to actually talk to you about it. So, um, if you can DM me some crystal suggestions that are really aligned with you and you love personally that I haven't talked about yet, please do. And tell me why you love it. I need some suggestions I can start sharing and I will definitely share your name if you want me to. I'll be like, so-and-so told me about this crystal. I looked into it. It's bomb. Add it to your altar. So yeah, please send me some crystals because after 50 episodes, give or take, I don't know. I can't think. I, well, I can think of them, but then I'm like, was that in episode 32? Was that in episode 17? <laughs> like, where was it? And of course, your homework is to find a jar or find any container that can be a, say it with me, vessel, of course. <laughs> All right. So Bowage, the Bowage podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, the answer for the Bowage Facebook group is the craft. I will also accept blubber and blubber and the covenant and the coven, which is a movie that I made up um, because I couldn't, I kept confusing the covenant and the craft. 
And I think I might just write it since we're all inside anyway. <laughs> if anybody has any notes, let me know. Um, Patreon.com slash badwitch. If you have a reading, get in touch with me because like I said, I am just indoors as I'm sure we all are. Um, and then uh, another reminder, but I will send you messages for my witch mail people. I will be sending out double witch mails next month since I literally can't go to the post office or do anything right now. Um, and then it's Teespring. We have merch up. Y'all are buying merch. It's awesome. Thank you so much. I have my hoodie on because, you know, when you get to like day, what am I on? 12 of a quarantine. You just have to embrace that hoodie life. And you just don't have to comb your hair anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to go be a normal human today. I promised myself and I promised my friends I was going to like wash my hair and do my deep conditioning and do my spot it. You know, I got to do my self care and I have to do my witchy self care. So I'm going to go run a hot bath. I'm going to go put in my lavender and my lemongrass and my baking soda and my sea salt and my ginger and maybe a little too, I'm feeling a little turmeric today. And I'm going to not only take care of myself physically, but I'm going to release a lot of these energies that like led me into a little depression over the weekend. So those are the four spots. You can also get me on Instagram. I'm wow. I really just had to pause and think about it. I am at Chow Mickey. Um, or you get me on Twitter. I'm at Chow underscore Mickey. Those are more for my blog and like travel stuff. So I don't talk about witchcraft that much, but if you just want to like be friends and talk on there, that's really cool too. Just let me know that you followed me and be like, Hey, I'm from the podcast. So I know to follow you back. Okay, I think that's it. Let's get our jars. We're going to do some magic. And then hopefully by next week. Okay, let me just say this real quick. <laughs> We've avoided it the whole episode. Let's talk about it. If I see one more, um, like, article in the news or one more special on TV that's like, oh, well, it's going to get much worse next week. Like, can I get, can we get some good news? Stop telling me it's going to be much work, worse next week. Like, can we talk about what we're doing to alleviate it and stop it from getting much worse because this has been the headline for three weeks now and I just need a turnaround at some point and I, I need I just need a little good news and all of this craziness so yeah I'm saying by next week I think it will be better and let's try to all harness that energy also happy new moon happy Aries season Aries you know I love you so much and I definitely am feeling some of that fighting energy coming up <laughs> all right until next week Blessed be. I love you, baddies. And goodbye.